Welcome to the Falling Head Over Heels in Fantasy podcast, the number one AFL Draft Stars podcast. I'm Todd, and I'm ready to dive into another week where I'm still searching for that finish in the big cash. I'm joined by Husey, and we're going to do a deep dive on Thursday night's massive Bulldogs-Lions match, where we have a 100k slate after grabs. There's going to be plenty more happening across the weekend for the FHOH crew, particularly in the world of Twitter spaces that we kicked off last weekend. So don't forget to follow us at Heels in Fantasy. But for now, let's get into it. Husey, I know you're excited after last weekend, so tell the listeners about your big score and the reason why they should be listening to us every week. Yeah, uh, good day, Toddy. Um, yeah, super thrilled with that um, first place on that single slate on Sunday. Um, it was really hairy for a minute there. Um, ended up finishing second, but in the post game got a correction there, so that was that was super lucky. Um, hung on by a thread there. So yeah, um, just <laughs> shout out to all the um, listeners on uh, Twitter Space last week that um, got around me after that win. Um, plenty of reasons why you should be chiming in, and um, yeah, you'll see for yourself if you listen into this podcast. Bloody oath! Um, you're obviously yeah doing a lot better than I am. I can't really boast about anything but did manage to uh get the bankroll up a little bit today on the nba just chucked in a cheeky rapid fire hadn't done one of those for a little while just thought there's a lot of injuries happening across the nba at the moment so i saw a little opportunity there i didn't just do it because i actually had a look at it and thought there's actually some matchups here that don't make a lot of sense and I mean, I got pretty lucky. It did pay off for me. I think PJ Washington scored like 60 and the bloke he was up against scored 49 or something. So there was a bit of luck involved, but certainly for the listeners out there that might be NBA fans, it's something to keep an eye on over the next few weeks because I reckon, uh, yeah, with the finish to the NBA season coming up, there's a lot of players missing and there's some opportunities to get some guys that have a little bit of an expanded role. So I know you've been into the NBA a bit, Husey. You, you, yeah. You, you've won a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just looking at your rapid fire just before, actually, and I saw you tick the whole left-hand column there, and I thought he just went into it like I normally do, and I go, oh, yeah, he looks good, he looks good. Kind of, He kind of looks like he just went down on the left side and just went tick, 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 and just <laughs> and just like posted it. But, um. Yeah, no, nah, good on you. Um, big big win there. Obviously, you didn't do the two or ten dollar. You actually put um, you know, twenty on that one. So that was a good uh, payout there. But yeah, the whole FHOH family have doing pretty good as of late on Draft Stars. And it's look, we're 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 really thrilled because this is just a start for us. We're only in round two, coming into round three, and we seem to be um, smacking the nail on the head with a lot of things. Um, if you've been following Twitter. Me, myself, personally, been putting out quite a few picks, and I know some of the other boys have. And, we've, you know, it's been a good, good contribution. A lot of the uh, picks have been in the optimal lineups. Um, so, yeah, I've been um, I've been pretty thrilled with been how we've been going, and um, I hope everyone else is too. I think it's um, probably a case for us that this is actually working because that was probably our biggest fear from the outset was, like, I think Winra were probably pretty confident was gonna always going to get some results, but... For the rest of us, we haven't always had heaps of success, but clearly because we're breaking them down so thoroughly, I think it's actually paying off for ourselves. So that just goes to show if people out there are listening as well, you can certainly capitalize on the information we're giving out because it seems to be working for us. So, But certainly, um, 
enough about the NBA and how we're going. Let's um, get into helping out the listeners with a bit of info about this weekend. But I just want to go back over uh, last weekend and sort of, we did this last week, man, Jake, just having a look at the team that won last week. So it was son of Miro who won the Thursday night 100K slate. He took her $9,770. So that just shows um, how good it can be when you win. And he had um, Jeremy Cameron and Charlie Kernow up forward, which was something me and Jake sort of butted heads on initially. I was sort of in the Kernow camp and he was in the Cameron camp. So turns out you needed both of them. Um, few others there that we were pretty high on. Cam Guthrie started terribly. They moved him to half back. He scored a 98 at his price point. That was great. Uh, Ed Kerno we touched on a bit that would have an expanded role. He got 103. Um, probably the one that sticks out to me that we actually missed was Nick Newman. We didn't talk about him a heap. I think Jake suggested paying up in the back line for him and Saad a little bit, but he was one I was really high on the first week, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't go back there. Yeah, just touching on that. Yeah, so obviously with the outs of the Carlton crew, um, Doc had a bit more of the time in the middle, which gave Newman a bit more a bit more space down back to rack up. Um, that, that was definitely a thing. Um, and back to the Jeremy Cameron thing. Yeah, I stacked actually. I stacked, sorry. Jeremy Cameron and Ed Kerner and a lot of teams, but I didn't get the rest of it too right. Um I probably paid up a bit too much for Doc, to be honest. He's one of my um, <laughs> he's one of my lovers. I, I I play Doc a lot, even at his price point. He seems to always so consistent. He always he always gets you a ton. Um, he's starting to piss me off a little bit, actually. He's like <laughs> he's meant to be the guy. Like if you're paying that much for him, like he's meant to be the guy that explodes. And he just, usually is, though. I know. He usually is. And he got 110 the first week, and that's not too bad, but. I'm going to put it to Doc. Smash out a 130 this week because that's what yeah. we know you can do and 77 yeah. isn't going to cut it. Give us so, a Rory Laird, mate. Give us a Rory Laird. That's it. That's it. A um, couple of segments we like to do uh, now, Elliot. This is, um, as I mentioned, inspired by Winner's Rant in the first week and I thought it went well last week. It sort of creates a bit of banter and lets you get a few things off your chest, I think. So, We'll kick them off. Um, obviously, the first one's falling hard. Who do you have for this week, Elliot? Obviously, you had that big win. I'm sure there's a few on your mind, but have you got anyone in particular that you'd be uh, introducing to the rents this week? Yeah, well, sound like a bit of a slut here, but um, <laughs> the whole West Coast GWS team, all you boys, welcome. You can come over whenever you want. Cheers for the um, cheers for the win, lads. Uh, all put in a great effort. Happy with your efforts. Um, that was awesome. And then also Rory Laird, shout out to you, mate. I called it. It was a bold call. I said you would go for 140 against my mob at Adelaide Oval and you managed to pull that off. So even at your price point, you're going to be staying there around 17K. But um, I'm going to be still going to you because I know what you're about and I know what you can do out there. You got any concerns about the showdown and the matchup with Port? Obviously, they don't like to give up a lot of points. I've heard a lot of people talking about it on... Um sort of in the fantasy classic world that he might have another down week this week because a lot of people are looking for where to go from from steel. I know we're not a fantasy podcast, but it's all relevant. Are you a little bit worried about the matchup? 
Um, yes, I am. I've got Laird in both Supercoach and AFL Classic. Um, I haven't actually looked too much into it. I've been pretty busy. Um, but I'll be looking into that as we get close to the end of the week. Um, definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, maybe, maybe not Lady this week, but I will still be going back to you for the rest of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, mine this week falling hard. This bloke is on absolute fire. 90% CBAs on the weekend. Will Setterfield has finally been released into that role that he could never get at Carlton for whatever reason. I guess they were just, um, yeah, sort of overstacked with midfielders there. But so are Essendon, to be fair, and they've managed to find a spot for him. And I think it was 126 on the weekend after 130 the week before or something along those lines. It's just ridiculous. 11.5K was. He's only gone up to 13K this week. And I still think that is going to be better than anyone else you'll find around that price point. I'll be going back there until he fails. And even then, I'll probably still go back there because he just looks like he's settled into that Don's outfit perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Just touching on that, um, I, I would have thought said his price would have gone up quite a quite a bit um, as of last week's scores. I thought that may scare people off, maybe if he was around 14, 14 and a half. But yeah, decent matchup against the Saints. I've been a big fan of Will. Um, I did mention on Twitter two weeks ago, and then last week as well. Um, you can't, you can't, you can't not afford to have him at those prices. So yeah, Will Setterfield um, doing really well. And what about the one you're wiping off the canvas here, Elliot? Um, your blacklist. Is there anyone that you just will not be able to go back to anymore? Have they just broke your heart too much yeah. over the weekend? Look, had a good week. Um, was in the green every slate I took part in. Um, it's hard to find someone, um, but if I had to, I'm sorry, Tabiner. You're against North, mate. Um, we know how well forwards score against North in the past. You gave me a 35. You got subbed out. You've been injury prone over the last couple of seasons. However, we know he is capable to post a big score, and he was one of the most consistent forwards in the AFL when he was healthy. I love watching him play every week. Uh, he was always in my SGM um, anytime goal scorer multis. <laughs> um, he always nailed them. Always a green tick for me. But yeah, mate, um, when it comes to AFL draft stars, I don't think I'll be looking to you anymore. Yeah, he well, yeah, he got subbed out on the weekend, which I don't know what's going on with Justin Longmuir at the moment, but he's doing some weird stuff. Like I don't know if it's he's panicking or what, but I don't know. Against North, I would not have been subbing him out. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, look, I think it's injury-related. Like I said, um, he's obviously your best forward there. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I think it's definitely injury related, but yep. Um, my blacklist this week, this guy can put the bow and arrows away, I reckon. He's a spud, Xavier Dersma. He's living <laughs> under the shadow of Butters and Rosie. He's never going to be as good as them. He, I don't know why people are so high on him this year. I do not see it one bit. He'll probably come out and win the showdown medal now that I've said that, but <laughs> I am not going back to Xavier Dersmer. I can't even really stand him as a player, so I'm just 
or as a person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, yeah, I wish I could say that he was on my blacklist, but he was never on my list to start, so... Um... <laughs> he was only on my list because there's all the, it's just been all this talk about him being like, for some reason, being this... I always look at like the fantasy classic crossover and people have been so high on him because of his price like as sort yeah. of that person to deviate to over like yep. at the start of the season a lot of people went Sheed and Cedarfield but some people went Desma. yeah and right I um, don't know why he he does show like flashes of brilliance he scores some nice goals you know but yeah the consistency hasn't really ever been there has it um, no. with uh, Des. what about your ex-girlfriend uh, Elliot, is there someone that's been pissing you off a little bit with their scores, but you're going to stick yeah. with them? Yeah, so this uh, relates to um, Supercoach and Fantasy as well for me. Uh, Sean Darcy, he, he, he fit um, into my salary structure well on the weekend and also into my um, fantasy teams. 61, um, I'm going to put faith in you there, big fella, because I know what you're capable of. You can double that. You can get me a 120 or a 140, I know that. So, um, yeah, Sean Darcy, I'll be picking you again when the matchup's right. I don't think um, that was fully on Darcy either. I watched that game being a North supporter. How about them, just on a side note? But, um, yeah, he was sort of rotting away at full forward. They started Jackson in the ruck. I don't know whether they were just trying to get Jackson going or they thought he would be a better matchup for Goldstein, but... Sean Darcy was on like minus one at quarter time and then mm. 11 at half time. And then they put him back in the ruck and he scored like 50. So yeah. I I agree with you that I wouldn't let that deter anyone pending yeah. Justin Longmuir's weird. Honestly, Justin Longmuir, he needs to... Freo looked so dangerous last year and I'm not sure how they've taken a backward step. Um, obviously, before you said Tabner... Um, whether that's injury-related or not, getting subbed out. Darcy being put forward for a prolonged time. Um, obviously, Nat Fife being in a forward role, I don't agree with. I don't know whether he's fit or they can slot him back in that midfield. But there's a lot of questions around Frio at the moment, and I think they've got an outfit which can push for top eight, and I think they, they will if they get the, the record straight and they start you know, the coach starts playing the players properly or correctly, if you if you may. Um, I'm no coach, but I can definitely see from the outside there should be a few changes. Um, but, yeah, maybe that's just a coaching thing with all these players underperforming. Unsure on that. I just noticed that uh, all your players for these segments are either from Frio or West Coast. So, got a thing for the boys over there in Perth, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, been up to been up to Perth a few times in my life, not not, not much recently, but there's probably a reason I haven't been back. Um, <laughs> shout out to Matt and Tom Jacobs up there, um, issue boys, but yeah, um, don't think I'll be coming back anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, not until these guys pull their finger out, that's for sure. Um, mine ex girlfriend this week, Paddy Dangerfield. People are gonna be off this guy, I reckon. They've, I think they're gonna be fed up. I'm so sure that there's a big score coming. He's got Gold Coast this week. Um, we saw what blokes like Will Setterfield think Merritt scored 100 against Gold Coast. Not sure about the other blokes. I didn't have a lot of the other Essendon mids, but I 
am going to go back there this week. I think he's priced at about 13 again. He hasn't really changed much despite not scoring great, but I feel like he needs to play a big game because Geelong have just been pretty underwhelming and he's sort of, he's obviously their best player when he's on, but he's also um, a bit of a barometer for them when he dominates in there. They tend to win, so I'm expecting a big game from Dangerfield this week. Um, but Let's move on because we've probably spent enough time on that stuff. We'll get into this week because that's what everyone's probably here for, to hear how they can win tomorrow night's slate. So just having a look, first of all, at the game script. Obviously, it's at Marvel, so no weather concerns. The Lions are favoured minus 9.5. I think it could be a... Yeah, it's a hard one to pick this game because the Dogs are obviously going to be hot for a win. Lions had that reasonable win last week despite the last sort of 10 minutes of that game um looking at the stats obviously still a pretty small sample size but they're all very even on most positions dogs have given up massively to forwards but obviously they've been smashed in both games so you can't take heats out of that unless they continue on this trajectory of being rubbish but i think they're better than um People are sort of giving them credit for. I think they'll bounce back potentially this week. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, doggies have so much X factor about them. When they get going and get their tail up, they're hard to beat. And then you've got on the other side of the park, you've got Brizzy, who got smashed by Port the other week, and then Port lose. Uh, Typical Port, classic inconsistency showing there. Um, But yeah, and then Brisbane obviously win as well on the weekend. So there's two teams here with a lot of X factor about them, a lot of inconsistencies. It's early on in the season. It's hard to pick. I definitely won't be putting a bet on their head to head this game. It's too hard to pick. Um, but going back to the draft stars point of view, forwards is a massive to- talking point. First two games, top two leakiest teams in the comp so far this season. Uh, the Doggies are plus 23 fantasy points to forwards and the top three, they give away nearly 30 to teams' top forwards. Um, so I'll be targeting a lot of the forwards, I reckon. Um, there's a lot of guys that are 9K and sub that. You can definitely get a lot, lot of combos going there. Um, and another massive talking point for me would be the Rucks. Um, Tim English, as we know, um, he gives up. I think I think he was the ruck in the comp last year who gave up the most points, um, and he's also currently leaking twenty points in the ruck. So big O at eleven point seven k looks like a good stack up option to me. Cheap forwards, big O, and then it gives you a lot of money to spend up in the midfield for them primo mids. Which I've done a bit of research in in recent times over the last three years. These guys have played six or seven times. And it's always been the McCrays, the Lockie Neals, the McCluggages. Maybe not so much him now with Dunkley there. But definitely those big primo mids um, you want to be spending up on, I believe, on this slate. That's what I'll be doing. And yeah, taking the cheap forwards and maybe taking that cheap ruck slot. Yeah, just on like the rucks there. It's obviously, I think English scored 117 last week and Marshall scored 116. So if you get a similar I don't think Oscar's never necessarily got the same scoring potential as a Marshall, but even if he gets to somewhere like 95, 100, and the English only scores that 115, you're going to be better off with the big O in your side. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Rory Lobb's back, but he didn't ruck 
much when uh, in the first round. So I don't think that's a concern for the, from an English perspective. And then you got Darcy Fort on the Brisbane side who's doing a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's good. I'll probably play a fair bit of English still, but probably leaning towards the Oscar side, I reckon. Um, yeah. But on your midfielder um, point there as well, I'm just so concerned about how this is a bit of a Justin Longmuir thing with Luke Beveridge. Like, he's just lost the plot completely. He played... Caleb Daniel had, like, second most center bounces on the weekend. He basically just, like, decided Jack McRae couldn't play footy anymore when they were down and plonked him at half forward or something and then decided the smallest guy we've ever seen play football was somehow going to win them clearances and get them back in the game. So I am so concerned about the dogs. Like, it's just so hard to tell what Bevo's going to do. But certainly you've got to back the stats in this one. And I think probably the safest one, just having a look at it, in my opinion, is like a Bailey Smith. Because I don't think Bevo's going to turn on him anytime soon at his age. I don't know. But he could. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure, man. He only got 32 CBAs last week versus Saints. The one that I'm hottest on, and his price doesn't move, and he's never up there with the McCrays, the Smiths, the Drillors, and Bonts. He's always below him. And he could actually be more consistent than... Oh, that's... I'm not going to say that. He's probably... He's very consistent. Maybe not as consistent as Bont and McCray. But um, Tom Libertore... Um, cracked a ton last week, 114, and then a 98. He had the most CBAs last week with 91%. Um, and then the first week, he had a 72. That beats Bont both weeks. That beats McRae both weeks. That beats Bailey Smith both weeks. And Trelaw and Daniel. So, Tom Libertore at nearly 14k, cheaper than all the other primos. Definitely be getting to you, mate. Just on um, the defenders, uh, one that Daniel reaches out this week and Caden Coleman's back. He's yep. obviously priced up a little bit. Dogs have been known in the past to give up a little bit to defenders. He's going to be their main sort of driving force out of there. Alongside Cam Rayner, but Rayner just doesn't seem to get enough marks. Or I thought Cam Rayner played an amazing game last week and then I looked at his score and I genuinely couldn't believe it that he only scored yep. 55. I've got some juice for you there, Todd. Um, Daniel Rich last year tweaked his hamstring in the second quarter in this matchup. Caden Coleman, 105 fantasy, and he was there the X go. factor that took them towards winning that game. Yeah, so he's it's probably the guy. Like, great, and he, great and he got spot. concussed. He got concussed in round one. So great, um, great spot there. Yeah. Did you, you did you watch the Port Brisbane game? Can you remember? I'm pretty sure he got concussed in like the third quarter, didn't he? Um. Yeah, I believe so. So he scored um, 57, so it's not like he was yeah. on his way to a bad score. So yeah. I, yeah, I like him. I also reckon Connor McKenna's building a bit into like a decent score. Like he obviously doesn't have that massive ceiling, but at 8K, I think he's one you can sort of match up with a few of these like yeah. Brisbane correlations. Um, yeah. Yeah, if he's on. if he if he's given if he's given the freedom to um have that role 
where he can cut off half back and make a bit of run for Brizzy. Um, obviously, their best for, uh, kickoff half backs out with Daniel Rich. So maybe there's a bit of a change up here. Maybe we see a bit more of the Connor McKenna we know, the running gun, you know, the old one, two, four bounces down the guts kind of thing. He's put on some size, though, eh? I didn't even recognise him. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's um, huge. Must, must be all that Guinness. Yeah. Uh, what they eat over in Ireland. But <laughs> yeah. He was like a twig when he first came over, and now he's like yeah. massive. I guess he's he was pretty young, wasn't he? Yeah, he I kept started. thinking it was like a Jack Payne or like Stasevich every time yeah. he got near the ball. Yeah, And then I was like, oh my God, that's McKenna. Because it's pretty obvious when he gets yeah. the ball, it's him because he can't kick. Yeah. So a big talking point is um, the kick-ins, obviously. Daniel Rich is the main one. So mm. with him with him being out, um, you could say with the, you know, the projected total, um, obviously there's going to be quite a few behinds coming in. I think doggies weren't great at kicking, especially if Bont's in that forward line. He's definitely kicking a couple behinds. Yeah. Um, so, kick-ins, uh, do you reckon Coleman gets the duty or do you reckon there's going to be a Stasevich or Harris Andrews role? I think it'll be a lot of Coleman. It's um, yeah. he, he takes a lot of kick-outs even when Rich is playing, so yeah. I'd expect his numbers to go up a fair bit. Even Rayner, potentially. Like, they might let him, because he's got a bit of pace about him. I could see them giving a few of the kick-outs to him. Starsevich is an interesting one. I had him last week and he was actually tracking pretty well. And then he just could not find the ball anymore. Stealing yeah. a stealing a turn from um Dill Buckley and Daniel Gorringe. He was having I... a, he was having a lot of almost touches. Like he was always sort of like in a contest and then it looked like he was gonna get given a handball or something and get a quick kick out. It just kept going elsewhere pretty frustrating but yeah that would be frustrating and also the first week when the best port was very frustrating i think i took him in a couple teams i'm not brandon's usually good for a 70 or an 80 got me a 15 he had four touches uh one mark (laughs) very um concerning there i'm sure he'll bounce back um i still think he'll be high like a highest selection at 9k i think he's undervalued I reckon I might be running a bit of a Stasevich Coleman combo, or yeah. you know, just. I think he was know, like seven percent. Like, he was like seven percent last week, Stasevich. That's why I was like looking. I had like one team that was looking pretty good for a while because he started so well, and then yeah. he went so bad that that team ended up finishing nowhere. But if he had kept going, I was going to get that like point of difference because no one had hardly picked him. Yeah, for so. sure. So um, the backs, obviously, as well as the mids, um, pretty tight in terms of points-wise. The rucks and forwards are definitely a good thing to target. So going off what we've been saying before, with Daniel Rich out, you could be targeting these Brizzy backs who are going to have a bit more of it if you're finding it hard to you know, choose um, which defenders you're going to go with. There's a bit yeah. of a um, potential there for point scoring. I'll just raise one more from a Bulldogs perspective. Bailey mm-hmm. Dale is like so oh. underpriced at 10.9. That's like, disgusting, isn't it? You're going to have to play a lot of him. Like Just back him in to bounce back. He's had two pretty yeah. terrible weeks, but last year he was averaging like up around 90, 100 for like the yeah. back half of the season. So... I'll be getting a lot of him in as well, probably like pairing him with Coleman and 
yeah. McKenna and blokes like that. I'm hoping that he has a bounce back game. Yeah, I really like that. I really do. I love the fact that there's potential to slot these guys in and then you can really spend up in the midfield. Um, yeah, I'm loving that aspect of this slate tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. So you were talking about the forwards before. You mentioned a few that are under that sort of 9K. Who's sticking out to you the most? Yeah, so obviously Dunkley's a forward, but I wouldn't be, I would not personally, I wouldn't be buying Dunkley as a forward in this slate. Um, definitely target these cheaper guys. That's just my opinion. Um, looking through, um, geez, honestly, you could get combos of a lot. We all know Aaron Norton's capable of a big score. Um, I'm not sure about Rory Lobb. Charlie Cameron, super cheap. Uh, oh, Lincoln McCarthy. Lincoln McCarthy's one that, like, in the past, he's got like that. He has got that ceiling. I've picked him before and he scored like 100. He yeah. can definitely... He's sort of that guy that sometimes, when the game's playing the right way, he can get up the ground and he takes a few marks and um, plays that sort of high half forward, so... Yeah, I'd definitely. be expecting him to have a big game eventually, whether it's this week or not. But at 8K, he'd be one I'm looking at. Yeah, he he has scored in the past against the Doggies. He's been the star of the game last year. Um, he had four goals. Um, he obviously, yeah, not not relevant at the moment, but 137 super coach goes to show he had a super efficient game there. Um, get to a bit of Charlie, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just Danaher, think he was good last week. Yeah, I know, know Winra had him in that team that did pretty well. Yeah, definitely. I I do like I, I like all of these guys around nine and eight k. Um, I I can't pick out I can't pick out one. Um, if I was I, I do like Norton, I like Cameron. Um, I I think they all look really good. Honestly, I'll be I'll be doing a lot of combos with all these eight nine k forwards. Paying up in the midfield, getting quite a bit of liver. Um, maybe fading someone like your Ashcroft, who's at 10K. Maybe fading Oscar Baker at 7.4K. Yeah, see, um, I'd probably, like, I think even to get to those guys that are, like, more expensive, you're going to have to pick one guy that's, like, sort of a 7K. And I would say... In my mind, Oscar Bake is probably the best option out of all those guys. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I just don't see, like, I don't know, in the forward line, I don't think picking a Garcia or a Johannesson is going to be the right move. That Arthur Jones is a bit, had a look at his stats, they don't really stack up. Like, he could still get to his values, so you probably play him in a few, but I think Oscar Bake is probably the pick of them all. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, actually. Just going through a couple of the teams at the moment that I'm trying to plug in. Um, if you do run the Coleman and Dale back line with Big O in the ruck and spend cheap down back, it still is pretty hard to get three primo mids in. So definitely um, something to take on board. Maybe Baker is that one that you spend down in the midfield. What about um, just one more, I reckon, and then we'll probably wrap it up. But Jared Berry started really well last week as well. And he's getting to, well, he scored 85 in the end, so that's like pretty decent score at his price point. Um, 
he seemed to go to a few centre bounces as well. So he's not being sort of stranded out on that wing the whole game. Which if that's the case, like he's a pretty handy player, kicks a lot, like can get on the outside. Yeah. He's probably one you could spend down for in a little bit to sort of make sure you get those like can afford a Dale and a Coleman together in the back line and things like that. Yep. Absolutely love it, Toddy. Um, just say, um, warning, Jared Berry has been injured two of the last four games versus the Doggies. Um, <laughs> uh, just a warning to put out there. I don't know if it's a curse there or not, but in the games that he's been healthy, 105 he's scored. Um, yeah, big game there from him last year. Um, and also, uh, again last year, um, well, I'm not sure what round this was, but uh, they played twice. Um, yeah, an 86, which definitely trumps that 10K value point. Um, so yeah, Jared Berry, love it. Do, do like that as well. Yeah, so obviously there's plenty to consider there. Certainly, there's plenty of guys we haven't mentioned that you'll probably plug into a few. I mean, I mean if Caleb Daniels getting 90% CBAs again, then <laughs> I don't know if he had 90%, but he was certainly up there. He's probably one you would consider if he's getting around the ground like that um, again. But hopefully Bevo doesn't have too many beers before the game this time and actually plays yeah. a lineup that can win a game of football rather than just thinking he's an expert by making all yeah. these changes. Can't I'd trust hate Bevo. to go to Bulldog. I mean, can't, I'd hate to go to Bulldogs, it. man. Like, yeah, you can't trust it. Round one, Caleb Daniels, zero ZBA, uh, CBAs, and then round two, you got 59. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I like, I don't know what <laughs> forces that change. That's why, but, like, uh, in a slate like this, maybe you will go a bit more Brisbane just because the roles are a bit more short up. You know where people are going to be playing. Yep, definitely. Um, but that's probably covers it off. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this week for sure. I reckon um, today was an omen for me, picking up that $400 in the rapid fire. I'll um, be plugging in a few teams this week and covering a lot of bases, so I'm getting pretty keen. And Elliot's obviously, or Husey, I should say, is coming off that uh, big win last weekend, so he'll be looking to uh, top that maybe in a uh, single-game slate tomorrow night that's worth a bit more cash. How's that yeah. sound, Elliot? Yeah, we love the single gamers after last week. We do like them. Bankroll's looking nice and healthy. <laughs> but uh, if you want to find us, um, make sure you give us a follow on at Heels in Fantasy. We'll be doing plenty over the weekend, as I mentioned from the outset. Plenty of Twitter spaces on the cards, interacting with our fans. We had a few on last week. It seemed to go really well and was really well received. So we're excited to do a bit more of that. But certainly we'll keep on the podcast format going forward as well because I think it gives you plenty of time to sort of evaluate and enter your team so stick with us follow us on Spotify and yeah good luck win some cash this weekend and of course gamble responsibly Mm -hmm.